I just, uh, I couldn't do it anymore. And so yeah, I started I watching some more uh, Little House on the Prairie and I felt a lot better about myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, palate cleanser. <laughs> so uh, awesome. Like warm milk. See, there's an IP we should have talked about uh, last week. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, my God. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Geeks Can't, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach and the host joining me this evening uh, is the Dwarven DM, John Christian. Lolly ho, everyone. Uh, the mayor of Fort Wayne, Troy Sandlin. Evening, Pa. <laughs> uh, and then we've got a special guest host for this crowdfunding corner episode. Uh, welcome, Jared, to the show. Howdy, thanks for having me. Awesome. awesome. Like, nope, I will not be dragged into your tomfoolery. <laughs> I will not speak I will not speak gibberish like John or an old prospector talk like Troy. Well I had to I've had to feed into the little house vibe. I, uh, I know where it was coming from. Yeah. I mean Well, hey, uh so let's get right into it. So there's a there's a reason that we uh well maybe a couple of reasons, but there's a reason that we invited Jared on the show tonight. I think we should get at least one of those reasons out of the way first and foremost, and then we can dive into our uh, our Kickstarter extravaganza where we cover some, some new projects that are out there. And listen, uh, we pared down this list significantly. I think there was like 25 projects on this yeah. list at one point, and we cut way, 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 way back. Um, but there's a lot of good Kickstarters out right now. Um, you got a lot of ways to spend your money. Uh, but, uh, Jared, we thought we might have you on and, and, and I, I'd like for you to introduce yourself here in a moment, tell, tell people who you are and what you're about. But, um, you, uh, you are the, what role do I, like, I, depending on the person I'm talking to, I assign you different roles in the company, <laughs> but how would you describe yourself, uh, to, to our listeners here tonight? So my official title is lead investor. So I'm the guy that uh, tries to uh, match the right resources to the right creative people. Now, um, I'm not the owner. So we're a woman-owned company. Um, Nina Nielsen is the owner. Um, she will never be on your podcast because she doesn't like the attention. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be on my podcast either, so it's fine. So, but I have a great story. She she loves gamers. If 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 she gets her her, her distancing, and um, so I took her to GaryCon, and uh, this cosplay group came up, and I said that's going to be great. We'll get an epic photo of my wife, and they hand her this Bafo axe, you know, and she's never held an axe before. So she holds it by the hilt, and the axe head is pointed down. And she's trying to make this mean face for the photo, and she's totally holding the axe completely wrong. So that, <laughs> that's the photo I have of her at Gary Con, and that's the only photo she'll ever take because she did it wrong. She doesn't want to do it. Again. Well, did she do it wrong, or was she like psyching the opponent out? No, I think there's a total class we could write around the inverse axe. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like just yeah. hold it out. It's like, oh, this person doesn't know what they're doing. It's, oh it's like the gangsters that hold the pistol sideways. Yeah, yeah it's for the right. kill shot. You hold it up down down fact. for the kill shot. Maybe she's actually good at this, and she hasn't told me, so I don't know. I think she, hmm. I think there's some uh, deception involved. Yeah, that's right. She's she's the boss. So you're the you're the lead investor of World of Game Design. Uh, 
and and I also like to call you the producer, because um, because that that that's a cool title that I think you deserve there. So, um, and you do design work, and you do writing work, and you do terrain crafting, and you do uh, resin pouring, and and uh, 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 booth sales, and all sorts of things for the. Well, I'm just trying to keep up up with you guys. I, I don't know how to be as creative as you three, so I have to actually try three times harder. So. <laughs> well, so, so uh, we we we've talked about getting you on the show a few different times, and we've we've chatted about it, but we felt like this would probably be a good time because the news of this week is that um, Geeks Camp has been acquired. Uh, by World of Game Design and is now uh, an official World of Game Design podcast. So, woohoo! I'm very <laughs> yeah. excited. A Wogdy joint. I've a never been acquired joint. before. <laughs> you're, never, <laughs> uh, you're, you're not supposed to be for sale, so that's. Oh. <laughs> I, I need to. We need to. We need to cut this quick. I gotta go get my sign off the street corner. <laughs> No, I, I'm uh, I, I'm really flattered that you guys considered it, and I'm super excited about the future of what we got. And and for the audience that doesn't know, um, I have some fun relatives, and so one of my relatives is the senior VP of Oracle Corporation, and um, they provide uh, a lot of the super low cost hosting for a lot of the media assets for ZenCaster. And Zencaster, which we're recording on right now, is is uh, was the brainchild of my brother, um, who is Josh Nielsen, and he owns Zencaster. So it's just kind of a nice, uh, you know, combining the streams, Ghostbuster style. Of we got this vast audience of podcasting gamers, and we've got the top three uh, um, gamer podcaster talent sitting in this room right here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I snuck that in. In your room, in your room, Jared. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, can good. you turn your camera and show? Because yeah. they're not over here. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, but, but anyway, I just, I just think it's a pretty, pretty. It's gonna be a really interesting opportunity. And and it was very clear to me at Gen Con and Origins, and then and we'll see at Gamehole Con that video and podcasting is going to be a really big part of all of our convention things. So I'm just. Welcome to the team. So yeah, this could oh, be fun, you. and maybe it won't just be me trying to run through the uh, dealer's hall with everything covered before you started <laughs> trying to show everybody stuff. That's right. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that we discovered at Gen Con, dear listeners, dear viewers, um, is that uh, there's no like at con recording software or video like video or audio recording stuff mm -hmm. to make use of. So I know a lot of our audience, but a lot of audiences just of everything wanted to be able to catch the panels that were at Gen Con and things like that, um, you know, from the comfort of your home. And they aren't really set up for that. Luckily we, we did what we could and we got uh, one of our panels recorded, but uh, you know, next year it'd be great if all of the world of game design panels, all the panels that, you know, maybe yeah. Geeks Camp will host or whatever. We could get some video and audio in there and, and let you guys experience that portion of Gen Con, even if you can't make it, and other mm -hmm. cons. Well, we're, we're looking for video jockeys if you want to spend a whole convention running video. So, Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. And and hanging out with us. So, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, maybe you just say that you're a video jockey. No, don't do that. Because um, <laughs> we're going to put you to work. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of what, uh, that's part of the news of today. That's part of the reason that we had Jared on. Uh, but we thought, you know, it'd be fun to just get in for a Kickstarter episode where we're going to chat about Kickstarters. Cause that's a lot of what I do. We do every day at world of game design anyways, is, uh, delve into Kickstarter. So it seems like it's, it's the place to be the thing to do. Um, so we're going to get right into it and Jared has the list and Jared, I know you're not, um, you're not as, uh, 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 foolish as we are as to throw money at every Kickstarter that knocks on our door. Uh, but, uh, I think a few of these Kickstarters that we're going to talk about, you've seen out in the, out in the world and chatted with some of the creators and things. So, uh, it'll be fun to get your thoughts weighed in as well. And then we'll talk about maybe a special project here at the end. All right. So the first thing that we do, uh, if you're listening for the first time, or this is your, uh, you haven't caught one of these in a while is we go through uncle Troy's rapid fire mentions. Uh, these are several projects that we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about, but, uh, but that we want to give some, uh, uh, nod to uh before we move along uh john and troy you two uh kind of compiled a couple of these here so john why don't you start us off talk about a mayan uh kickstarter yeah you got it uh so i figured that uh jared you would be you really appreciate this eye of kukulkan mysterious mayan tales playing cards they're gorgeous they are holograms and golden black foil playing cards featuring ancient mayan deities right now you could buy it in a in a feathered serpent sheet where you get the whole thing they got dice they got dice bags but it's all mayan themed and they are absolutely stunning to look at gorgeous playing cards um i don't know what it is about lately like i i, I picked up the uh the lord of the rings cards a couple months ago but um man like they never had cards like these ever uh as i was growing up which is probably good because i'd probably end up being like a be like a bottom out in Vegas somewhere, unfortunately, <laughs> but they're actually, they're gorgeous, gorgeous cards. So that's a really, really quick one. I figure if you like the, the Mayan theme and if you like, like a really sweet deck of um, gold foil playing cards uh, with all those themes and the kind of the artwork that comes with it, then you're going to be, a, it's just going to be a treat for you for sure. What are, it's it's in HKs. Is that Hong Kong money? Hong Kong. That is. Hong Kong, yeah. Okay. Yep. I mean, it's obviously it's getting backed at this point. Now, I think they had a goal of twenty five hundred and some change, and they're they're at one hundred and four thousand right now with uh, three beautiful. days to go. Yeah, this is right up my alley. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Troy, and I think this, you got the next one. Yeah, and real quick, I'll just note that um, Isle Kukulkan is one of their is their eighth Kickstarter. They also have a Celtic uh, myth uh, mm -hmm. deck of playing cards and an Egyptian. Uh, cat themed uh deck of playing cards that are also really nice so that's pretty yeah. cool cool what you got troy uh i've got uh amethyst uh magic and technology collide for 5e uh this is the pre-launch page so there's not a whole lot about it um it is a it is a sci-fi fantasy setting that is being brought into uh 5e mm. um and i i don't quite remember where it I've seen it before. I don't know if it was kickstarted like last year or something, but uh, mm -hmm. this is the latest volume in the entire series of Amethyst, uh, which means that there's going to be over uh, 1,200 pages of 5e content just for this uh, Amethyst setting. Uh, mm -hmm. 
being put out by uh, Chris Dias. So Chris is the guy who did the ultra modern 5e. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. That's right. That's where I've seen this. Yeah. It was part yep. of all that ultra modern because it was like one of the the things down the side that they were that it was being used for. Yeah. Can I just say 1,200 pages of content? Yeah. Yeah. That's a break. That's a it's break. crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It looks cool, too. He's done a good job uh, hyping mm-hmm. it. Um, and, I, you know, he says 1,200 pages of 5e content. It also looks like there's three novels sitting there. So it looks yeah. like there's a multi multi-media form collection. So that's cool. Awesome. That's not that one's not out yet. Uh, by the way, yet, so, you may be yeah, so, yeah. yeah, get on there and get notified for yeah. when it goes live. Heck yeah! All right, let's move right along through these rapid fires. John, what do you got? Uh, you got yeah, some so coins? I do. Yeah. So this is a really quick one. There's some STL files for 3D printable coins that are out there. Um, they they got alien, elven, dwarven, orc, lizard folk, halfling, steampunk, pirate, sci-fi, troll, and just regular old medieval. Uh, Cthulhu dragon Viking is on the plate. If, uh, if they can hit their, their Kickstarter goals or if they hit their stretch goals, Celtic, ancient Fey, necromancer and on and on and on. So if you wow. are in a printer, 3d printer, either, uh, FDM, uh, SLA resin, you name it, then, uh, this is pretty cool. I mean, like if nothing else, just like for like cheap and easy table props that you could, that are easy, easy, easy to, to, yeah. to print and then easy to paint. And add a little hmm. bit more zhuzh to your uh, to your game. They've also got a couple of other things in here, uh, like some add-ons. Like uh, you can upgrade some of your coins to be worn out, scuffed. Uh, look like they've been loved on a little bit more. Add some numbers to them. They've got a metal, met- metallic-looking boar piggy bank for yes. these coins. Shut up. You had me at piggy bank. They got some uh, character class tokens with all the different kind of classes in, the, in uh, 5e that you would expect. Uh, yeah. Pretty pretty cool stuff. They've had a, like a some previous campaigns that they'd done uh, done stuff with, where they had uh, thirty four models, I think, for different uh, dice rolling towers and things like that. So that this is something that they've done more than a couple of times. They know what they're really, they're doing here. They've even included a, a free sample of just like a like, a, like mm-hmm. almost look like a like a triangular dragon draconic coin for you to test out and make sure that it works the way that you like it before you buy it. Um, hmm. yeah, pretty sweet. I'm a, with me being printing as much as I do. And I know that Troy does too. Um, and Jared is, uh, is a STL aficionado as well. I figured that, uh, be right up everybody's alley. It's amazing. Like, like it's really rare unless something just like catches fire for a 3d, like STL file only campaign to do more than like 10 mm-hmm. grand. Uh, but we've seen a couple now that have gotten quite a bit further past that. This one's really smart, uh, you know, because it, it's just coins. Like, I mean, they're cool designs, but they're just coins. And $22,000 sold in digital files. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Well, I mean, you know, you see it uh, at the cons all the time that uh, there's booths that all they sell is those coins. Mm-hmm. And well, you're getting, you're getting 50 cents a coin. I mean, yeah. It's it's hard to beat that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they look great. They really do. And I think that like they've got a good variety. So it's not, you know, you, you're not just picking up the fantasy coins, which I think are, you know, maybe maybe easier to come by, but you're getting the alien ones, you're getting the steampunk and the sci-fi. Like there's a lot of 
fancy, interesting stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're I spending think. about 35 bucks for every single STL that comes with it. That's kind of your, like the, the whole kit and caboodle. But if you just want the first tier, then it's about 20 bucks. And that yeah, gets you nice. the regular coins. No no piggy banks and all the alt, uh, alt forms of the coins and stuff like that. So that's totally reasonable too for as much as STLs usually go for. And, you know, when, when, when you see these, because I've seen several coin uh, file Kickstarters, you get the alien, the dwarven, and the medieval, and and stuff like that. But never have I seen lizard folk, halfling, mm-hmm. uh, uh, troll, Cthulhu mm-hmm. coins, you know. So, yeah, there is a lot of cool stuff. A lot of fun to be had with this, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I hope. Hope, hope, hope that they uh, they continue to kill it in the last nine days because I would love to see what else they can unlock here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I might have to help out with that. Yep. <laughs> we got we got five thousand dollars worth of merchant tier. Yeah, so, yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. Some merchants are just wanting to reprint. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Troy, you got the next one, I think. Yes, the Blood Bay abduction. Um, this is another one of those uh, quickie things that uh, I love. Uh, this is coming from John and Nicole Clark uh, out of uh, Cocoa, Florida, and it is—it's a, a little setting, like like a like a it's like a Tortuga type setting uh, for for pirates. Um, some things go missing. Uh, there's a kidnapped son from One Lake Pete, you know. It's a mystery. What's going on? And it, they've got some new little rules for it. You've got the crusty clam, uh, which is a, what part of the setting here. But you've got mm. easy to use plot hooks, read aloud text, um, nice artwork, battle maps, new creature variations. Um, there's simple rules for for different types of firearm, hmm. and it's all in the zine style. And it even has a roll twenty VTT uh, assets if you mm. want to add those on. But, you know, it's one of those things where you, you can drop it in for a couple sessions in your campaign. You can seed it into your campaign. I think you could probably even base an entire campaign around this. Uh, one of the tiers even includes five pre-generated characters for a quick pickup game when some of your group cool. can't make it. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, and this is one of their first Kickstarters, so good for them. Second adventure. Uh, give it a go. I like that they're actually doing a print uh, uh, and mm-hmm. a scene size. That's that's great. Good for them. Yeah, and you can get the digital copy for two bucks. Two bucks for digital, and I think 12 bucks for the paperback print, which is ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, 22 uh, for the extra pregens uh, with a portrait, even line art, uh, a line art black and white uh, portrait. So. Mm. I'm cool. going to dive the Tortugas in four weeks. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Ooh. That's Maybe I'll take this book with me and I'll play it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Uh, Troy, you got one more for us here? I, I do. I got two more, actually. Okay. Um, again, it's going back to the one-shot dungeons. This is uh, volume number two, and I don't need to say much more about it other than just back it. Get it. It's two bucks. <laughs> And you get He's Not One of Us, Fight Club, Requiem for a Bard, Tributes, and The Most Beautiful Couple. And they lay these out, you know, nice little dungeon design. You've got the backstory of the of what's going on. You've got some text around it. Drop it in and mm-hmm. go. 
you can't how can you go wrong for two dollars yeah there's going to be something in in here that you can steal and throw at your players and you're going to have a great time pay an extra buck or two and you get another you can get the uh, volume one if you missed out on the first time around is it just one page or is it a page per adventure it's like a page per adventure Mm -hmm. cool yeah Mm -hmm. and they it's these types of of creators um uh, Nerdura Games is is this one from uh, Italy. Um, they've been putting out stuff like this. I, there's some creators out of Mexico that are putting out some really cool, uh, quick one page stuff for a dollar, two dollars, whatever it might be. I mean, you can't, you just cannot go wrong with this kind of thing. This reminds me of the Four Against the Dungeon. Have you seen that solo play game? Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, they got a following like you'd never believe. Crazy. I think they're out of Italy too. Mm-hmm. There's so much right, good yeah. stuff that's coming out of Italy. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so much coming out of Italy. So much coming out of you know south of the of the border. It's just, it is a great time to be a geek. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last last quick fire one, Troy. Talk last to us. quick fire one. All right, tales from Sina Una. I talked about this sometime last year. Um, this is the uh, like the Polynesian. Uh, mythologies kind of cool. gamified and the amount of work that mm-hmm. went into creating the Sina Una setting is ridiculous because the the mythologies and the histories have been lost to time for the most part because they didn't really write this stuff down and so it's been kind of modified mm-hmm. and whitewashed and everything else and it took tons and tons of research for them to find this and if i remember correctly everybody that worked on it is uh connected to that part of the world Mm. so this is coming from uh uh, lucia verspiriel i knew i butchered that last name but this is just some adventures for that setting um she was one of the uh lead creators or or the original creator that's right Mm -hmm. for cena una and it's interesting. This is actually specifically pre-colonial Philippine mythology and culture. Yes. Yeah. And That's I mean, awesome. the artwork, there's different types of artwork within this, but it is so vibrant and rich and bright. It's awesome. It gives you that taste of a culture that I know I don't get to see very often, hmm. you know, and it's not put in movies and TV. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, or, but if you like Moana, Something mm-hmm. like that. If that got you interested in this type of a culture, this would be the type of uh, type of thing you want to look for. And the the Sina Una book is beautiful, and this looks like it's going to be just as cool. So, what I find fun about Polynesian words is every vowel is a syllable. Mm-hmm. So you you think it's Hawaii, but it's Hawaii, right? Yeah. And and um. I grew up with a guy whose name was Atana Elealee because <laughs> he had that many vowels in his name. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Ugh. Oh, all right. Awesome. Well, fantastic. That's our rapid fire mentions. And let's, let's rapid fire along into uh, some of these bigger projects that we want to uh, promote here. Um, I, I, I think though that uh, we can, we can work through these uh, pretty quick as well. Um, I'm going to start us off here. Uh, I've got a, I think a pretty eclectic uh, collection. Uh, the first one 
that I'm going to talk about is this ship is a tomb, which is a mothership uh, uh, Kickstarter. It's raised thirty-six thousand dollars. It's got thirteen hundred backers. Nine days to go as of this recording, um, and this this is something that's starting to become more and more rare. This was a soft cover book that they have now unlocked hardcover for. Um, so if you pledge, you're getting a, uh, a lot of paying for your box. I pledged, I don't know if you can still get this or not, but I pledged for 20 bucks and, Ooh. and I'm getting a, I'm getting a hardcover book for 20 bucks. It's ridiculous. That's awesome. Um, uh, it's a, it's a like procedurally generated, like a, a random generated, uh, crawl through a derelict space station. It's exactly the type of thing that you like doing in mothership. I honestly don't feel like there is a a massive, massive amount of like, oh, this is super original stuff here. But it's Mothership, and it looks amazing, and it it's the type of adventure that you want to play. So, you know, we've seen a lot of Mothership stuff coming out recently that is taking the system and going in a different direction with it. Even we did that with Scrap Rats, right? Where, um, but but we've got the uh, Tide Break and several other things, the Mech One. Um, Gordon Eck. This is going back to Mothership as space horror, and I think it looks beautiful, and it's a steal of a deal right now. Uh, and the creator, James Hanna, is out of Indianapolis. Local boy. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, oh, and the other thing that's just cool is they just unlocked uh, a conversion toolkit to make it compatible with Death in Space and through the void as well. Ooh, so nice. um, if you, if you've bounced around your sci-fi systems, you can now, uh, it'll be a toolkit. So it's not like they're producing three different zines. Uh, we should probably yell at them, Jared. Maybe they want to, maybe they want an any system QR code. And you guys are so bad for me. I've pledged three Kickstarter since we started. The <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our audience's hell. Yeah. Right. Right. And That's heaven. Right. There's a subset of our viewing audience that has pledged to never watch these crowdfunding corners ever again because their wives get too upset with them. So, and I think yeah. one of them's on. One of them's yeah. on right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> hello, Girk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he's sneaking in. Exactly. Uh, well, is, yeah. Actually, I I looked at this too while uh, on mm-hmm. with Zach, and this is so. Let me. I want to make sure I echo. Uh, to Zach's sentiment that we see a lot of folks that are taking the mothership engine, which is very streamlined. I, I ran a lot of it at, at the, at Gen Con this last, uh, this year and really, really fell in love with it. Uh, mm. but what they're doing is they're, they're leaning heavily into essentially what mothership was really built, built for, which was sci-fi horror. Right. And so yep. you're, a lot of the vibes you're going to get are going to be from, uh, alien and, uh, uh, event horizon, a lot of like uh, existential dread and stress and strain and anxiety in it. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this. Was this was an easy, an easy pickup for me. I'm really looking forward to this, especially with it being 20 bucks for a hardcover. Is just you cannot it's- beat that. And the artwork, if you, if you're, you need the, if you need atmosphere, you need to be drawn in by uh, like the imagery and things like that. You're going to get everything that you need. Uh, in the book because it is absolutely stunning artwork perfectly perfectly paired with the system and with the themes that they're looking for yeah yeah it's awesome all right cool that was this is a tomb from mothership let's roll right along uh john you got the next one 
I do. Yeah, so do mentions pop up mystery manner. Okay. Yeah, As a I kid, my one of my favorite things to do whenever the bookmobile would show up is like head straight for any of the pop up books. Because it was something magical about a book that would turn three dimensional on me. And so uh I love this. It's solve an immersive three D pop up escape room in a box. So the Whenever the pop-up pops up, you use it as your quote-unquote board game, and you're, it's an escape room. So if you think of, uh, what is it, Maniac Man- or, um, yeah, Maniac Mansion from the, the old NES game, there's a lot of that that's in there. There's a really zany, kind of like a um, kooky uh, vibe to it um, from the devious minds behind the Curious Correspondence and Mystery Package Company. Um, wow. I mean, I'd, you had me at pop-up, first of all. Uh, but essentially it's uh, a one to four players. It's 14 plus is the age range. So it's not like something you sit down with your kids and play, even though it looks like it's something you would play with your kids. But uh, the great thing about it is you got for those that are kind of listening at home and can't kind of see everything that's in it. This it is, it pops up. So it actually creates kind of like a little mansion and it's eight rooms, two on or four on top, four on bottom. Each room uh, is things like a kitchen bedroom, uh, basement kind of thing. And then there's, I think there's even an attic at the top. Um, but the great thing about this is it's not just the room. There's also the setting in it too. So when you open up drawers or if you open up cabinet doors and things like that, if you look underneath things, there are things that are under there. They're going to be clues. They're going to be part of like uh, solving the mystery. So it's mm-hmm. not just three dimensional in its, in its look, it's three dimensional in its play as well. And so, uh, yeah, things like the bathroom, the bedroom, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. So the fully assembled eight 3d room environment, and then you get like a dossier that's filled with all the ephemera that's, uh, that's surrounds it. You get an, a facsimile of the artifact that you may be looking for. Um, and it's kind of like a problem solving puzzle, puzzle type game. And it's lots and lots of like hand you know, like kinetic tchotchkes and things like that, that you can touch and that you can, you can interact with like uh, newspaper clippings that are part of the dossier and maps and things like that to kind of really pull you into the, pull you into the game. But the best part about this is the animation is shown on a Panacolor Polaroid television from the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is pretty. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I think the thing that I like, like I think this is a really cool project. So nothing mm-hmm. against the project. I, 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 I will admit to gawking a little bit at the price on this one. No, I get uh, that. Because it, it, like the dossier is really cool, and they say that they're going to have some tchotchke stuff that goes along with that, right? Um, and then you got this this 3D thing that you open. But, uh, you know, as far as I can gather, you're talking about, like, I'm trying to compare it to, like, an RPG thing, right? It's like a box set, right? Like, feels like everything could fit into a box set and it'd be about that many components and Mm -hmm. it's 62 dollars um and and like to me again i i think it's an awesome thing i i I was looking through here i think the thing that i that makes me hesitant is it doesn't talk about and maybe i missed it uh but it doesn't talk about how long is the estimated play time five to ten hours five to ten hours great okay great perfect ignore me then one to four players uh yep Fair enough, and that's, <laughs> and that's why I gawk too, because it's like, wait a minute, that's the playtime is long for sure. Uh, well, but it actually said, why don't they're going to long enough? They're going to sell out of a hundred pledges on their three hundred dollar pledge level. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and what's the replayability? Yeah. There are are multiple, there were, uh, it's, it's in the FAQ and in some of the comments that they came, they came back with, there is replayability. So it's not just like one mission quest mystery. There are multiple and there'll be like different places where the MacGuffin are and the, like the different tools and instruments and things like that. So there's replayability in there as well. Okay. They've even talked about expansions for it, I believe. Ooh. It's where you can have uh, multi- more than just one to four players playing at a time or um, like they're talking about like even have add-on spaces where you can like the basement or uh, the the sewer or the cistern or something like that too. Hmm. Is this like an escape room kind of concept? Yes, uh, a little yeah. bit like it, like a mystery slash escape room Slash like like kind of hmm. I think it dabbles in the waters of an RPG a tabletop RPG too. I mean from a from a cost perspective, how many board games do we have out there that are in the fifty to seventy five dollar price range? It's kind of what the way that I look hmm. at it. And true, the, this has a lot of like die cut pieces, and there's like a lot of assembly that's pre assembled for you as opposed to stuff hmm. that's just stamped. And then put into a box, not to oversimplify mm-hmm. things that are in board games, but I think that there, this is kind of like more of a niche product that mm-hmm. has a lot, a lot more that actually has moving parts that are in it. Like if you remember, whenever you were a kid and you'd get those pop-up books, you'd have the stuff where you'd pull the tab and something would pop up and things like that. Those elements are in this too, where you pull on a tab and something happens, kind of thing too. So well, you you got reviews by Neil Gaiman and Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, yes. that's, yeah. that's, pretty, crazy. <laughs> that's so. pretty crazy. That's a that's an impressive. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. I mean, don't crazy. get me wrong. They don't. They don't need our help with this. They got seventeen yeah. days to go, oh, and they're at four hundred thousand yeah. uh, dollars. But I mean, I was in love as soon as I fought, I saw this thing because it just it took me back it's to the beautiful. Bookmobile. Yeah, like, like, t- take me back to the bookmobile. It sure did, man. I was I was I was excited about it. I love it. But again, it was like it. It felt like I don't know if you any, if you guys have ever played it or not. Maniac Mansion on the mm. NES. It felt like right out of that. That same mm. kind of vibe which is pretty cool. So when's it, when's it, when's it going to deliver? When can I get it? Oh, okay. It's so next February. Far. Yeah. Yep. Not, not too, too bad. far away. Actually, not for that many components. Okay. Uh, Troy, you got an interesting one. I'm glad you pulled this one up. Uh, talk to us about Waystar. Um, a good friend, Patty Finn back at it again. Um, I've talked about Patty Finn several times on the show uh, and all of the stuff that he puts out. This is Waystar. This is his version of a sci-fi 5e. And it's not... I mean, there, there are several out there that we've talked about. We've talked about Esper Genesis. We've talked about Dark Matter. Um, and this is this is another take on, on it. And I like how Patty Finn puts together uh, the, his magazines and stuff like that. So I kind of wanted to make sure people knew about Waystar. And it's, uh, you know, being forged in the heart of the stars, you know, it's no wonder why you want to return to them. And it has a lot of stuff to it. You can get three mm-hmm. core books, an adventure book, a space monkey plushie, some different cards, dice, pins, miniatures, uh, play mats, GM screen, GM screen if mm-hmm. you need one. M- m- most good ones don't, but whatever. Um but yeah, you can use you know familiar rules so you hit the ground running, uh, create fast-paced, immersive, action-packed experiences, and it accommodates all the different types of feels you want in a sci-fi game. I mean, if, for instance, if you want to run a Mass Effect-style game, build a military Corvette with a ragtag crew, you're good to go. 
you want to do something more like Firefly, great. Do a retrofitted scavenger ship, grab your mercenary crew, and head off to the periphery. Uh, if you want to do, and they don't they don't say it out loud, but I'm assuming if you want to do something more along the lines of Star Wars, you've got that too. Mm-hmm. It's got it's, a little bit of everything for everybody. So it's nuts. And it nuts. Um, I, a couple quick notes that I have here on this one is <clears throat> I love Patty's stuff as well. Like like I think we're all supporters of Patty Finn here, but. Um, couple quick notes that that were surprising to me i completely understand this first one but he's delivering in august of 2024 yeah Mm. so you will wait two years to get this book uh the uh we will be past D &D 5e and we will be into one D &D by the time this releases Mm -hmm. um it is a massive amount of content as well like we're talking minis, we're talking GM screen, we're talking two different sets of dice, trading pins, two different like cloth maps, four different decks of cards, a comic book line, and uh, one, two, three, four, five, six books, uh, plus a plushie. Um, the thing that I think is crazy here is like I really like the idea of like crowdfunding your line all at once and then having plenty of time to start cranking it out, right? Um, so I'm not opposed to that. I am, I guess, I, I I would have liked to have seen this way higher than 155000 on day one, or early in this, like it is. It's not day one, I guess, it's a few days in. But this is a lot of content for him to produce for anything less than half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me ask you this. The, I, I can't, are the books A5? Or are they are they are they normal sized books? I think they're. I can't really tell. Size. I don't know if they're like size. zine sized or if they were or what. I'm pretty they sure just for whatever reason in my head they look, they look like they're A five. Well, some of his mock ups look like they were. You know, they're they're just you know, uh, like like everybody does. They're just using a, a mock up generator, and some of these mm-hmm. mock ups sometimes have different proportions um, mm-hmm. than what your book actually would be. So that's what it looks like to me. I think you're right. I think it looks like an A five uh, mock up template, but. Uh, there's nothing in here that says gotcha. it's A5, I don't think. Okay, so it's got there are three core books, even though it says core rules, those are the that's the engine. And then you've got the creature codex, you've got the Galactic Archives, which is essentially the setting, the galactic setting to create your own stuff. And then Steal the Stars is the adventure that, that comes with. So it's really four books that you want to try to get as a part of this. You don't need the fourth, but it's always good to have the fourth that's in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're crazy. right there this is incredibly ambitious this is this there's a lot going on here and it's no wonder that's going to take two years for them to try to pump this out yeah. um i'm just surprised that they wouldn't be further along so that they could um so that they can get may it out be, sooner he may be estimating way into the future just so he has plenty of time he hopefully he you know i bet he has a uh, earlier hopeful date but sure well, I know there's a couple going on. I'm sure that's part of it too, right? We're going to be exactly. trying to get it published. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to encourage people to go check this out. Uh, and I would say, you know, he needs support right now. Not, I mean, he had a twelve thousand dollar goal, so it's not like mm-hmm. he's not funding. He's he's got the funding, but to make all this, he's going to need he's going to need all the help he can get. So if you want a sci-fi system, I think go check it out. Yeah, and uh, we need more backers just because I want more stretch goals unlocked. Okay. <laughs> 
All right, cool. I'm going to talk to uh, the fine folks about Demon Dog because uh, this project looks awesome. Um, this is uh, by Nightfall Games. Nightfall Games is out of the UK. Uh, they did the Beowulf 5e RPG, uh, I mm -hmm. think. Well, hang on. Let me think about this. Uh, no, no. They did the Terminator RPG. Remember that? Do you remember the, the, that getting launched? Isn't this all flesh may be eaten? Say again? Isn't this the all flesh may be eaten, guys? Uh, I don't is know. That games? Is that what it is? Is that who it is? David uh, AFMB. Oh, yeah. I do remember the Terminator game now. Yeah. Um... That's interesting. I don't. I don't know, Jared. Well, see, I'm too old. I know. I knew Dave Alsop from a way long time ago. Mm. <laughs> SLA Industries. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh! All flesh must be eaten. Holy moly! It's been a while. <laughs> uh <-huh>. Holy moly! <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> yeah, I completely yeah. forgot yeah. about that, man. Holy crap! Okay. Yeah. So it says Eden Studios. That's Vasilakos. I'm sorry. It's a different guy. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, so this is the guys. So, uh, uh, point of reference, they did the Terminator RPG um, a little while ago, and it, it, it was one that we were talked about before that didn't do a huge. It had a lot of backers, but it didn't do a lot of money. And um, yeah. but uh, these guys have come back with Demon Dog, which is a punk fantasy slash sci-fi slash just weird demonology more for book right it's it's a lot of things all rolled into one um uh, uh, uh it is like pirate borg and that is its own standalone system you don't have to also own the Morkborg borg book to get to mm. play demon dog so if if you know that that you know black metal doom metal um dark fantasy feel isn't quite up your alley and you want something a little bit more punk inspired. Um, I think this is a good, uh, this is a good flavor for you. Um, I think that the art style, the presentation, all of that is very Morkborgian um, in, in, in its way, in its own way, but with maybe a bit more color um, and dare I say it a bit more attitude. A um, little, just a little. Yeah. Just a little. It's like, like, I I love the tagline, spit on your own grave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that I thought was really weird about this, interesting about this, I should say maybe, is that it has its own dice set, which I think is cool. Like, it's very simple dice set, but it has a its own demon dog dice set. Now you can pick up for just a few bucks. And then the other thing that's crazy is they partnered with Morkborg and if you back at the regular tiers you get a 20% discount on Free League's website which i've never seen that before wow. i've mm -hmm. never seen that before where they're partnering with a completely other company to offer a discount as part of the reward tier i'm not even sure if that's technically kickstarter that's not legal. I was going to say, I'm not sure that that's Kickstarter approved. <laughs> <No> coupons. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, uh, good for them for, I mean, I guess it's a punk thing to break the rules, but, um, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I they did it. They did I don't it. think 
Kickstarter monitors the rules that close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh that's cool. Good for them. Uh they they've done uh, you know, eight eighty five hundred bucks in the first few days. Um this is another one that I think uh they could probably use your money. Um I think it needs a bit more to fund. You can get the core book um for uh uh, $31 here in the U.S., which is about what the Mork Borg cool core rulebook is. It looks like it's a hardcover, about the same size, A5. 80 um, pages. 80 pages. Yeah, it's about... And probably there's more pages unlocked through Stretch Goals because it sounds like... Mm -hmm. Yep, they're unlocking more pages through Stretch Goals. So I bet it'll end up being around 120, 140 pages by the time everything is done. Uh, cool. Awesome. Uh, that's Demon Dog live on Kickstarter right now. Uh, let's keep on moving. John, you got a huge one here. Yes, I got. This is a twofer. Two new RPG magazines, World Breaker and The Dark Tides of Zeratos from uh, the guys from Wayne Robert, actually specifically. Um, so it's two zines that are that are encompassed in this one. Uh, one zine is The Dark Tides of Zeratos, which is uh, is pirate themed uh specifically it's a uh, kind of your classic sword and sorcery setting but it's got this heavy planet vibe it's got this, this weird um like conan-esque hyboria uh yeah. vibe that's uh, inspired by it like the old pulp tales like uh, witch of the demon seas and the adventures of sinbad jason and the argonauts this is what i love they actually the short-lived cult classic animated series, The Pirates of Darkwater, yes, was part of their inspiration. Which Noiji taught. That's awesome that they uh, they actually included that for all you pirates of the dark water. <laughs> or Jungle Longo, if you if that that does it for you. Jungle Longo, yeah. Jungle Longo. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's set in a flood that a world of uh, flooded, scattered isles. No living soul remembers now the, uh, the sunken world from before. Man, I this is this is cool. It's not just piratey. This is specifically like a a, a vast archipelago uh, of islands. There are no like large continents. Uh, not not a lot of dry land. Primarily water. So it's uh, this kind of post apocalyptic uh, vibe to it of just vast vast oceans. Uh, and then in addition to that, so and that's what I think too. This is actually old school essentials. Is the uh, the engine that they're using for this? Um, for both, actually, for both of these and five E and five E, yeah. So they got it, got it converted to both. Uh, both are going to be obviously your A five format, fifty pages per booklet, uh, but it is two specific books that have been completely broken out. The artwork is great for Zeratos. I really like it. It's got again, it's got the old school vibe that you're looking for. All that art that you you may have fallen in love with, or you never knew about, but you fell in love with it. Now that you're kind of like you're the the new generation picking up some of this older stuff, and you just like the 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 um, the artwork is absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, so that's and that one's really really good. Now the one that I'm super super excited about is I, I'm willing to buy both just to get one, and that's Worldbreaker, the Destroyer campaign setting. So it's a kind of an anomaly. It is it's not really a, it's not a setting. It is a toolbox to create your own setting to then destroy it, or a how to create a post apocalyptic setting. Right. So mm -hmm. um, it's uh, Split into four zines of around 50 pages each um, is what this is really for. There's Cataclysm, Nemesis, Evolution, and Epoch. Uh, a Cataclysm gives you references for advice and tools to break games, make the uh, your settings make them uh, bigger and better. Invasions, world-sundering events, apocalypses, incursions, 
global plagues, you name it. Uh, Nemesis, where you've got epic threats and big adversaries, godlike power of monsters, um, and on and on. Man, I just like any. I, I love the idea of a book that's just there to help you break your own crap um, <laughs> and make it really, really interesting. That is super cool. Uh, and again, like it's got it's got the the artwork's great. I, re- I really love it too. Uh, it looks like a Tukaz Pawinski. I think I didn't butcher that too badly. Uh, did a lot of the artwork that's in this. And there's almost like, a, I don't know, like an adventure time kind of vibe to this artwork too, that I really, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm digging and that I'm kind of falling in love with here. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit uh, heavy metal meets adventure time is what it looks. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Mm. Uh, I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Are you, I know you're kind of drinking this in as, as I'm going along here. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm, I'm digging it. I love the idea that, you know, the, the dark tides of Zeratos were birthed from the, the pirates of dark water. I loved that cartoon as a kid. Yes. I have actually found, uh, like a, a pirates of dark water hack online in the depths of the interwebs for a, a role-playing game. That's awesome. And, uh, I thought about doing something with that, but now that this is, is here, it's like, Ooh, you don't even have more. to go through all the trouble anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they and, did it for you. And we have, uh, Zach and I have just been recently talking to Wayne Robert, really cool guy. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he looks like he's putting out some great stuff. And uh, so, yeah, give it's him ambitious. That. It's, imba- it's, it's ambitious. It's ambitious. But, uh, it's, <laughs> it's really, you said two zines, and he says two it's zines, but it's actually four zines. Yes. It's actually six. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. So good, good luck to him. That's that's a lot, and uh, I mean, it looks awesome. So I, I this it is does. one that I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna pick it up in OSE, you know, because that's that's where I'm curious right now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think World Breaker looks cool, and and uh, uh, Zeratos looks cool enough for me to pick up as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that's really interesting about this too is it's going to dovetail very, very nicely with another one that I picked up. Okay, uh, here in a little bit, there is actually a cr- there's some crossover between this and another c- completely separate Kickstarter. But I'll save Ooh. that for. So you want to do that one now, or you want to wait? I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay. We'll, uh, just we'll come back to this one. I'll, I'll remind everybody about it in a minute. Okay. All right, Troy. What do you got for the next one then? Uh, Marie Laveau's Army, another quickie. Um, it's uh, bringing voodoo and gothic horror to your next D and D five E adventure, um, mm. and it's a, it's a, a tier one adventure levels one through five ish, um, and it is your the idea behind it is there is a a ghoul roaming around that is terrorizing a village, and the ghoul has other undead with him, and in order to combat this entity and his forces you have to go and talk to the the voodoo queen Marie Laveau and make a bargain with her so that she will raise you your own army of undead cool. to fight this, Black Crow this, this is the same guy that did the Dark Nun's Church which is another yes. <laughs> crazy uh, adventure thing that yeah. you talked about before yeah, yeah. So cool. yeah, I, 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 I that that whole Dark Nun's Church I thought was just a 
a sweet and sick idea for an adventure. And I saw this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this this has some awesome flavor to it. The yeah. fact that the fact that it's a ghoul, the evil ghoul, Black Crow. Because I mean, you know, pretty much everybody takes zombies and ghouls, all that stuff, for granted in in the the game of Five E at this point. But I bet you don't. This guy. Mm-hmm. Fifty pages. Fifty pages of content for. Uh... For, for freaking pennies, right? For yeah, for yeah, a couple okay. bucks, yeah. so for for three bucks, three bucks, yep. Right, yeah, you get the, yeah. you get the, all the VTT stuff. You get the uh, the PDF. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to go five bucks, you can catch up on on his other adventures too. So, mm-hmm. right on. He's got monsters, side quests, NPCs, mag- new magic items, all that kind of stuff in there. So, yeah, come on now, cool. All right. Well, this next one uh, is called Galaxy of Death, Volume 1, an adventure bundle for Mothership TTRPG. Jared, you actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you sicked me on to this one. Miami uh, Laser Cutter Adventure, The Massacre. <clears throat> I mean, come on. <laughs> you've, you've got a guy who creates a setting on a laser cutter gone haywire. I mean, and I've built a CNC machine. And I almost killed myself with one, so this has a lot of meaning to me. <laughs> it really hit home. <laughs> I had a I had a CNC router that was running, and I bought a cheap Chinese bit for it. And the thing's going ten thousand RPM, and the bit broke off and spun off into the piece of wood and gouged oh. it. But if it hadn't caught the wood, it would have shot right through my abdomen. And I'm telling you, a laser cutter gone crazy could could massacre people. I'm, I, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a believer. So there you go. yeah. Oh my gosh! No kidding. Well, and you commented on the guy's uh, uh, hype post there on Facebook about just the gorgeous, the gorgeous layout that he's got. Like that logo is so cool. Um, <laughs> I'm a child yeah. of the '70s, so yeah, yeah. It's this. It's like this. Uh, what is it? Like a chrome slash yeah. neon Miami vibe. I was going to say you. Yeah. You had me at neon chrome. Yeah, yeah. you had yeah. me at neon chrome. <laughs> yeah. I feel, so like, I, feel like I feel like I'm buying a uh, a compilation uh, album of heavy metal at Target when I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I it's in the, like the five dollar bin. Yeah, exactly. With a hundred other. <laughs> and I'm gonna and I'm gonna play that sucker till it scratches all to hell. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna package our next Kickstarter in an eight track cassette tape. Oh, oh yes, yeah. and it has to click every so often. Man, I am so in love with this freaking cover art, man. Layer right, of the great? Biomancer. Oh my god, it's yeah. so freaking good. You know, the crazy thing is that you know, um, it's fifteen bucks, which I think is reasonable for what he's asking for. But it's mm-hmm. uh, it, they're just trifold. Right, yeah. they're tr- that you get a couple. It's two trifolds per adventure, right? So there's actually some content there. Five bucks for that uh, each is very reasonable, but you're going to pay fifteen dollars for all three sessions. Um, this is, uh, if I didn't mention it before, this is for Mothership One E. Um, I love that it feels like three very different yes uh, adventures, like. The color, the design, the layout, the adventures themselves all feel very different, which is cool. For um, those that are not able to see this, by the way, the Miami Laser Cutter Massacre, Escape from Laser Cove, and it's got the whole like VHX box vibe yeah. to it, like the worn edges and, and everything. It's so good. 
Have you yeah. scroll have you scrolled down far enough to show that they can get a t-shirt with the Miami laser cutter box yes. on it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Come on. Like yeah. they know how good the art is whenever they slap it on a t-shirt. It's like you're going to yeah. want this. Just go yeah. ahead and add it to your your shopping cart, please. Yeah. It's so good. Um, <laughs> I So there's a couple other things that I like. So this is the guy that did Rain and Blood, which is a really nice uh, uh, mothership scene as well. Um, really quality zine. Um, so I feel good backing this one because I know uh, the guy's committed to quality. I also love his stretch goals. I've never seen stretch goals like this before. And it made me super happy. Uh, yes. He's got... He's got two columns for his stretch goals. The left column is project stretch goals, hitting certain dollar amounts, uh, unlock certain things like custom playlists and a uh, and some additional art. But he's also got he's also got a personal stretch goal thing. So um, if he hits two thousand dollars, he's going to get a, uh, a, a a bulletproof vest for himself. Uh, because he works in private security and he wants to uh, uh, upgrade stay his, alive. to stay yeah. alive. Uh, at $5,000, if we hit $5,000, we unlock his personal stretch goal, which is a Vegas vacation for him. And then if we hit $10,000, he's gonna we're going to pay off his uh, truck. So. His 2006 GMC Canyon, by the way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and I love the fact that at, at $12,000 and $14,000, is part of a hidden agenda. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's just great. Like I I you couldn't get away with that on some Kickstarters, but he can definitely get away with it on this one. Um mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. Uh the other thing I had note real quick is that um so he's doing the writing, the art and the layout, um, just like in Rain and Blood. He's got an editor with him, but then he's also got contributions by Leyline Press, which makes some really great mothership stuff. So I oh, like man. like seeing that collaboration um, rolling up. And then he promotes a lot of Kickstarters at the bottom of his page, which is something that I've seen a couple times now in the Zing Quest. And I really like that creators are starting to post other people's projects at the bottom of their page to help drive traffic. Which is, for for all the viewers, could you could you park on that unnamed derelict map for just a second? Oh yeah, from uh, from Leyline. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. That is killer. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Great map. Great yes. Map. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, let's keep this rolling because we're almost done with our projects here, and we got an important one at the end. Uh, John, you've got the one that you uh, that you threw that you uh, uh, foreshadowed. Ahead yes. Of time, so. so we talked about World Breaker, right? And and uh, they have got or not World Breaker, but uh, for uh, uh, Zeratos and World Breaker. Well, they've got a like a handshake deal with this next Kickstarter uh, to do. A the, the lands of lure is another flavor of post-apocalyptic fantasy that's used a lot, utilizing the same artistic talents as the ones for for those two zines. Lands of lure is also doing that, and that's uh, Lukask Poinsky. I think it's not we're saying here. And so the idea is that they hit over five hundred dollars over their funding goal. The two teams will join forces to create a new monster to exist in both of the settings. So let's talk about lands of lure real quick. This, oh my god, I'm. Like I could not love the their uh, their main their title image more. Honestly, it's, it is. If this thing hit a black light, 
you'd probably go blind from <laughs> the, the colors that and the light that would radiate from it. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Lands of one Lore of those, is one of those that? posters that has the black felt outlining yes. everything, yep. colored in with your markers. Yeah, yep. it's like in the, it's in the dungeon of the Mellow Mushroom that no one <laughs> wants to talk about, right? It's all it's just all you all black light and UV light. Uh, it's a zine that is attempting to con- combine the nostalgic as atmosphere of OSRs and the modern mechanics in, of, uh, of games in bizarre and dangerous world of lure. Um, so, I mean, this is your a very, very typical uh, kind of like a, a dark role-playing game setting with a weird fantasy framework. It's got this post-apocalyptic uh, uh, homage or a love to it. It's got it's savage and it's violent, but it's also the it's got this um, almost like a, a wink, uh, like a, a winkish uh, art style and kind of the, the way that it plays out. You travel across vast lands, you d- discover various cultures, you do whatever it takes to survive, and uh, in, in a world that ruthlessly exploits the weak. You try to thwart your common enemy's plans, and you're constantly who are constantly trying to plot against your team. So, uh, man. I, uh, it's, you can tell that the artwork is, is inspired by like, a like, uh, Samurai Jack, um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a dark tower kind of thing. I, th- I know that, uh, it's the same artist, obviously. Right. So that, that mm-hmm. same kind of like the, uh, like, a um, adventure time kind of vibe mm-hmm. to some of this artwork is in here as well. You can kind of like, so there's a lot of like synergies or uh, similarities between the two art styles that are in here. Uh, the Lands of Lore, you've got seven different unique races, humans, dwarves, elves, bird folk, crusters, which are anthropomorphic c- crab people, oozers, which are uh, gender gender neutral species uh, of, uh, of ooze folk, and the cavians, which are ro- rodents that uh, stand upright. Um, the basic version comes out, clocks in at 40 pages, but you can get, there's an extended cut that has all of the original, the basic stuff but it has additional mechanics in it. It's got some expanded ta- tactical combat that I noticed in there. Lots of extra stuff in there about beasts and spells and places. And it clocks in at 65 pages. Um, let me, let me, let me hop in for just a second and yeah, yeah, comment, make a comment. Um, checking out the stretch goals. This is something really cool. Um, and I guess there's a pun there, but uh, if you want it, um, but this is this is something that I don't see a lot, uh, except maybe in like um, uh, Reaper Minis Kickstarters. We just unlocked uh, what's called the Friesenland uh, expansion for this scene, and I oh, think yeah. that's so cool. Um, it's the idea of themed sections of the stretch goal that unlock thematic pieces mm-hmm. that uh, you know, like in in reaper stuff you know will unlock an expansion that starts to build that is uh egyptian minis right or something like that um this one is also in the zine so you're filling out this cool setting um you got the hex map that we just unlocked and then all of a sudden here we are we have unlocked uh this whole new section of the map that they're gonna now add in that is uh arctic themed and then they've got another one coming up and one after that um, for the underworld, um, I think this is a this is one of my favorite ways to do stretch goals. When you have a theme that they build around and you flavor them as expansions, it's really smart. And honestly, I hadn't backed this until I saw the stretch goals, um, and I saw these theme things, and then it was like, yeah, I'm gonna back it. And it's cool. Mm-hmm. 
Now, so, something else that I wanted to make sure that I pointed out with this is that the game does not have a pre-existing engine that it utilizes. This is mm-hmm. their own. This is their own game engine. Um, three six-sided dice. You create a, a dice pool. Add any attribute dice and some uh, some additional extra ones that are based on circumstances and things like that. Every six that's rolled is counted as a success. That kind of stuff. So there are three different levels of difficulty: standard, hard, extremely hard. And so the the total the number of successes that are required in order to meet certain difficulty levels are uh, de- determined based on that. Um, the uh, you've got things like uh, strength and finesse are one are uh, types of uh, attributes: dexterity and perception, mind and charisma. Um, yeah, so th- I think it's pretty cool that they're they're kind of they're going their own way. They're borrowing from a lot of pre existing like a tiny d six and mm-hmm. powered by the apocalypse kind of vibe with some of the, the way that they're they're doing their stuff. But um, you know, I I always appreciate designers that are willing to take a risk. Mm-hmm. And uh, they feel like they have something that's easy, easy enough to pick up and understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of has it distilled down to its base components of what is necessary. And that's kind of one of the reasons why they have kind of like the basic version and the extended version is there add some additional crunch to the, yeah. to the rules in the extended version that aren't really there in the basic. But I think the, the thing that I appreciate the most though, bar none is uh, two different groups of people working together to be successful. I really mm-hmm. appreciate the fact that's that, cool. Uh, Lands of Lore, uh, that this Kickstarter is dovetailing with another one to try to buttress their success. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of those like the old rising tides lift mm-hmm. all ships kind of thing. So I really appreciate it. that's pretty cool. Cool, awesome. That's Lands of Lore. Uh, Troy, you got one last one for you here. Talk Dude. about the Shrouded Coast real quick. All right. Well, just down the road a piece. In a, in, a, in a town called Muncie, Indiana, we got Muncie. some uh, some uh, Lenora's tiny hut is kicking out the shrouded coast. Now we've talked before on the show, uh, on crowdfunding corner even, and in the show in general about uh, I think probably everybody's favorite podcast, the Old Gods of Appalachia. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> is an Americana inspired five E mini setting. Featuring some players' options, some creatures of folklore and legend, and much more. Uh, and it, I read that tag, and I'm like, done. <laughs> Didn't even know what it was all about. But you know, this is kind of along those same lines of old gods, where they're taking actual folklore from an area and and pumping new life into it. So you can tell you can tell the stories, and and and, and bring that world to life uh, in in the in the town of New Hope, with a you know a dreary shipping port, uh, foggy shores, the good come goods come in and out, but there's something off, hmm. and hmm. that kind of a thing, that kind of style where you're taking the five E engine and you're twisting a little bit to make it. You know, I, I can imagine if if the five E game engine is a is a is a machine, it as you're twisting it, you can hear it kind of groan and screech, making it do what you want it to do with a setting like this. Uh, it it mm. it's just that oppressive old world feel. I'm you know you, probably Sasquatch or Wendigos, um, 
Mothman, all that kind of stuff happening in this kind of a in this kind of a setting. So I'm I am in. It's brooding. There is there's two weird things that I would note on this one. Um, Not not bad things, just weird things. Um, uh, First off, I love that it's Americana 5e. That that that, I agree. That's really great. Um, But two really weird things. Uh, One is that this is a a zine, but it is not delivering for a year. So keep that in mind. Mm. Um, I th- they do talk about at the end that they're projecting out and they think that they can fulfill it a whole lot sooner, but they're just trying to be careful. That's great, um, especially for a first-time creator. Um, I'm not worried about that, just as a quick note. A lot of times zines fulfill a lot sooner. Um, and then the other thing that's really weird, and I don't know that I've ever seen a project that's done this, so there's been a lot of first tonight. Um they're making a black and white interior version and a color interior version, and you can yeah. buy either one. Yeah. Um, hmm. And they're doing print runs. It's not like a print on demand where they're like, well, you could buy a cheaper. They're doing a print run for both, and I don't really know why. Like, I don't understand that idea. Because um, typically you would do a print run for, if you were doing black and white, you're doing it to save costs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not saving costs in this way, you know, that full color version, um, is, is going to be pricey. And the best thing that you could do is hope to just get more and more backers on it so that that price goes down per unit. And they're kind of worst of both worlds by having to create two separate zines and then also do a print run of both. Um, it's just a weird, like more power to them. There's nothing like as a backer, I don't care <laughs> that they yeah. want to do both. Yeah. It's not hurting me, but I, I don't know why you would do that. All I can say to, as far as that goes, the color to the, to the black and white, I don't know what the color would add to this. Mm-hmm. Cause it I feels almost, like they, it's built around a black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It almost, or if you're going to do color, the color would be a sepia tone. Yeah. Yeah. To give it that yeah. old school vibe. But I mean the black and white artwork they've already got, I dig. I yeah. dig a lot. So Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Good good find. All right, John, your last one here. It's a biggie. Uh, so the the dungeon dudes are at it again. Dungeon dudes uh, are at it again. If you remember the Dungeons of Drakenheim came out last year around June is whenever that last Kickstarter mm-hmm. kicked off. And they made a freaking boatload off of it. I think they ended up settling somewhere in the, the region of like 1.2, 1.4 million dollars for uh for their for, for their first foray uh into uh into to print um and a print RPG territory. They're back again. Sebastian Crow's Guide to Drakenheim. So the Dungeons of Drakenheim are one thing. Now there's a player's guide and source book that includes subclasses and all the information that you need in order to play in that setting, as opposed to it just being an adventure that you that you run through. Um, man, this thing's there's it's not gonna have any problems whatsoever funding. Uh, I think that's just important from a awareness perspective. This thing looks really, really great. The, the Dungeons of Drakenheim look really, really great. Really great production values. I'd seen some of the stuff that's inside of it. Uh, I, t- I took a look at it, and I did not back that originally. Um, it looks really great. And there's actually some, some really good content that's in there. For this one, they've got a, an all-new class, the Apothecary, which is intelligence-based spellcasting. 
uh, that's inspired by doctors, occultists, and mad scientists of, of uh, cosmic horror fiction. So that's pretty cool. Uh, lots of new subclasses: Path of the Old Gods, Barbarian, College of Doomsayers, Shadow of the Domain, Shadow Domain Clerics, and on and on and on. I won't go into all of it. New spells. Uh, one of the things that's pretty interesting too is like the part of the cat, the catalyst of this world was uh, a uh, like a meteor strike or a, a some some celestial body fell out of the out of the uh, out of the sky and struck the ground, and now there are these um, these crystals that are used to manufacture to make. Uh, to imbue items with magical power to cast, to, uh, to empower spells with and things like that. But there is a price to pay when it comes to the use of, of said, uh, said material that it in, invariably will corrupt of those mm. who uh, use it and, uh, and uh, um, that take advantage of its power. This uh, it's kind of like an eldritch contamination uh, some new feats, pretty cool actually. There are feats that are tied specifically. I thought this was interesting, tied to tools and the options of how you utilize tools inside of the game, which I think is really interesting. I'd like to know more about it. Allows you to improve weapons and armor, brew potions, create scrolls, build traps, and more and more and more based on those proficiencies, which I think that's that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's more to it there, but I mean, like this is one of those where you got to go out there and you got to take a look at it. This thing is absolutely ginormous. Yeah. Uh, lots and lots of little options and things that are here and there. They've got STLs and they've got miniatures that you can purchase. They've got like a special edition scroll case to roll your dice on. They got dice that are with it. They've got a, the special edition slip case book. And oh my God, it's like, it is all over the place. There's so much stuff in this thing. Uh, so if you really enjoyed Dungeons of Drakenheim, I think that you're going to probably dig this. Um, I think this, to me, this is almost, well, it's, is it's overwhelming there's just so much stuff that's in it uh, if this and is your if your first uh, dipping of your toes into it yeah is it me though or does montgomery martin look like mark hamill <laughs> <laughs> a, little bit, yeah. a little bit um and one thing you did forget to mention that they are partnering with our you know well i consider a friend of the show even though he probably doesn't know it mm-hmm. uh sean merwin with uh, ghostfire games Yes. Well, it's Ghostfire Games. It's a subset, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's... Speaking of Ghostfire Games, hello, Joe. I see you in chat. Oh, Joe. <laughs> yeah. And yes, yeah. The, the mini is absolutely ginormous. Yeah. 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 It's, it's massive. I can't, I can't even imagine how much resin is in that print. Mm. It's crazy. I don't know. We might have to find out. That's right. Uh, that's cool. All right, that's Dungeon Dudes, uh, Sebastian Crow's Guide to Drakenheim. Uh, last one before our premiere one here. Um, I was really excited to see this. Um, I almost missed it. So, uh, chat, this one's uh, something I would encourage you to hop on board. This is The Eternal Search, a death in space zine. Um I was worried that we weren't going to get a lot of death in space zines. You know, it was, it, it's been a long time coming that system. Right. And there was some death in space stuff, uh, last year and it just didn't do great because the book was so long and coming the core book. And now we're finally seeing, uh, the, the third party stuff launching again. This one launched, uh, it is funded. It has six days left to go. It is beautiful. Like I, I almost think that maybe this is some AI generated art 
but oh, it definitely is AI. Yeah, all of, all of this art comes right out of Mid Journey. I promise yeah. you. <laughs> like wow, and this has been out for uh, this has been a Kickstarter for about two weeks, I think. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Um, it's a great use of AI art. Um, it pitches the idea of a like a a cruise liner spaceship um, that now has two factions in it um, that are kind of competing. One is a cult-like faction, cult-like faction called the Eternal Search, and then there is like an underworld faction called the Gray Bond. Um, look at his. Look at his legal section. Look at his legal section. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Artwork generated by Midjourney AI. Yeah, You're that's... exactly right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Good for him. It looks incredible. Like, there's some pictures of spaceships and things uh, that are nuts. Um, and even, like, the, do- the the banner art. I'm If that dude is, um, is Midjourney, which I'm sure it probably is like what a great piece of art that he managed to pull out of there um fantastic uh you can get the physical copy of this zine for 15 buckaroos which is very reasonable i think he he does talk about it's not going to be a huge scene but you know i we talked about this last time um i'm okay with a a smaller zine um a lot of times so Mm -hmm. i'm all on board for this all the stretch goals that they've shown off have already been unlocked, um, including expanding the book several different times. And uh, handouts are also now in print, not just digital. So, um, yeah, I like it. And I'm excited to dive into Death in Space. So, looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, uh, the second reason that we that we roped Jared into joining us this evening Uh Jared, you have a project that's live on Kickstarter right now. Uh, tell us about Picks and Intrigue. So uh, this is kind of a pet project to introduce a new, it's, it's our, I would say, second Dungeon Epics uh, zine. Uh, but we have this goal of uh, mapping out uh, the largest medieval city with, in, in these hexes, and every hex had a story. And so I was kind of brainstorming with Merle Rasmussen who created top secret. And, um, this is kind of one idea that he started, he, 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 he handed over to me. He said, Hey, we should put like a fairy embassy in the, in the city. And I thought fairy embassy, that's really interesting. So let's pull on that thread. And so I just started thinking about what the fairy embassy was. And I realized it was probably the fairy world underneath the city. And then it just all turned into this picks and intrigue storyline. Uh, there's kind of a personal connection because my daughter and I, when she was a toddler, um, pretty much had her convinced that fairies existed. And so um, the, the, the book is dedicated to her, but uh, my daughter, Nicole. And uh, But it's all about if you stoop down and in, in, if you're walking around in nature and you get down real close to the ground and then you take a look um, and imagine the world is that big. Uh, what kind of stories leap out at you? So um, that's that's where this came from. is is just a whole story about getting uh, getting down into nature and what what would happen if you were super tiny and experiencing it. So, hmm. yeah, it's a. It, I love that there's a personal touch to it. Like like um, 
you know, I think all books have some sort of like, you know, hopefully there's somebody's baby, there's somebody's passion project, but um, this is one that I think uh, doubles down on that. And then, then you also grabbed uh, some really great art for it. And you took the time to sculpt out like the hex crawl or the, mm-hmm. the, the city part of this adventure um, is all, is all sculpted terrain pieces, uh, uh, which I think is kind of adds to the idea of it being, you know, from your mind, from those imaginings. Well, I haven't seen vine tiles before. And so I, I just thought, what would it, how would you play that? Cause you really couldn't like suspend everything in 3d. So um, basically I made these flat tiles. I'm a really big fan of simple tables that a game master can just throw out 15 tiles. It covers the table. They play the scene and then they move on. And um, you know, uh, Dwarven Forge is super awesome too, but it takes two and a half hours to set your table up. Right. So th- this is, this is kind of my, get as detailed as we can, but uh, keep it simple and, and let people play. And so, but yeah, I've, I've sculpted the whole Fort Bramblevine uh, with these, uh, these uh, seven inch wide hex tiles uh, that stack up really tight. And then you can, you know, take them to a convention or a trade show uh, or to your retail store. And uh, they're made of real durable resin. They don't chip and, and they paint up really nice. And, and I think, I think we've got a, a good product here. So, We'll, we'll see how it does. It's It's got a moderate funding level, but it uh, ends in 13 days. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Troy or John, anything else you want to note on this? I've got a couple other little things, but give you guys a chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, like a, what is it? The, the Miyazaki referred to, it's the secret world of Arietti or the borrowers. The borrowers. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big fan uh, or the littles. If you want to go back a little bit further into the cartoon realm in the eighties, which mm-hmm. borrowed from a lot of that. So I personally, I like the whole, uh, like a, the small world, the big people, right. Uh, that there's like, there's so much more underneath just because you don't, you're so busy looking straight ahead or up. You've, rarely ever look down or at eye level with the ground and all these things that are going on. So I really like that. I love the, the artwork's gorgeous, like straight up the watercolor um, artwork is very, it is not what we're seeing out there. A lot of like the computer, uh, like a lot of, there's like a lot of a, like a CG brushing, right? A lot of like of uh, the computer um, uh, like Photoshopped, artwork that's out there this is this has like a, a hand touch look to it and even if we it have, is go ahead we have we have to call out matzia das as the artist mm-hmm. for this it's absolutely and, stunning. it's gorgeous gorgeous yeah. and and honestly like well, one of the things that we, t- we tend to talk about on the show quite a bit is presentation of the um of the actual kickstarter itself and it's really really well presented that you there's what you're what you see is what you're going to end up getting and it's not like it is i like the layout and i like the flow of it um in particular so i mean i i really like it i think that i'd love to see a sample honestly of the of, of what you, of what you're what everybody's working on but there's so much really great artwork that's in here and there's i love the personal touch of uh the story with you and your daughter i think that's really cool i think that's a yeah i'm excited to get my hands on it honestly we didn't mention the dice either. There, there are some add-ons with dice that are that are uh, that complement the setting, also. Mm-hmm. Actual gemstone dice. Yep. yep. Right. Ah, awesome. Yeah. One one of the things I'd note real quick mm-hmm. also is that 
so we 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 talked about this, uh, Jared. You and I were on um, um, Dan Davenport's uh, uh, interview uh, channel the other day, um, and one of the things we talked about there is that this is a five e book, but it's a five e book with the rules shoved to the side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really uh, you know story forward. Uh, themes forward, style forward. Um, the first part of the book is uh, intended to be like a field guide, sort of a feel, uh, mm. where where you're you're getting this alchemist wizard's notes um, on the discovery and uh, uh, harvesting of the Pixen realm, um, which I think is a fun way to do that. And then the second half is one of my uh, uh, funnest ways to do adventure writing or storytelling in an RPG, which is taking your hexes and we grabbed a bunch of writers or, or I should say several writers from our team and we're having them write uh, different hex based uh, uh, scenario encounters. So um, I like hex crawls. I also like it when different people contribute to this sort of a book mm-hmm. um, because what it promises, and we've already seen this showing through is that you get more people in, you get more ideas. Uh, the world becomes larger. The world becomes deeper. Um, and uh, I'm always excited to see what people bring to the table. I think one of our creators was talking about, like, there's this this group of hornets that, like, harass the, uh, the, 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 the fort, which I think is fun. Another group was talking about ants being, like, wolves, I think, which was... <laughs> which is an interesting thing, right? Mm, so there's cool. a lot of bug talk. But then even like, I love that different writers have talked about using, you know, different uh, or pointing their encounters or their little hexes towards different themes. You know, we've got humor and and beauty coming through in Matia's writings. And we've got, I think Janine is going for like this Western sort of a feel to her presentation. And then someone else is doing a darker horror and, um, I like I like the idea that um, it's not going to all feel exactly the same depending on where you are in the fort, what characters you're meeting with, and what um, you know monsters you're encountering. There can be a wide variety in in the sorts of stories you can tell. Yeah, what you just talked about hits on what I think is so cool about this whole idea. You just look at the artwork. Mm-hmm. You you don't you don't really even need to know any of the backstory of the wizard and the finding of the, of the, the pics. And you just look at the artwork and you see, you see creatures that you think of when you think of fairies and pixies and things like that with the, with the, uh, the gossamer wings and very small diminutive. And then you see others that aren't like any kind of fairy that we've ever seen before. They're based in like mushrooms and flowers and things like that. And they're all, you know, incredibly diminutive. And the settings that they've been placed in, you know, a, a tree with the limb is hollowed out and that's, you know, where they live, things of that nature. You just look at that and your mind starts to create the stories like you're talking about. Ants as wolves, uh, murderous hornet biker gangs or whatever they might be. Uh, <laughs> so it just feeds. And then, and then when you put the backstory to it, it, it doesn't change. It doesn't like, it doesn't ruin the thing that you had in your head. 
it's 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 all it's it's a really cool little cradle that ha- has a spot for all kinds of craziness, like you said, love and intrigue and horror and just weird things and little tiny mushroom people and it's just a really cool and it takes you back to as a kid with the littles and the borrowers and and all of that stuff it is it's almost kind of like a it's red wall-esque mm-hmm. in that thought um stuart stuart little kind of a thing but with mm-hmm. with a with a, a a really cool fey vibe in the and to me, the art is what makes it sing. He just pulls well, I'm hoping this is the, I'm hoping this is the, the start of um, that concept that Zach was talking about, where we have every hex is a story. Um, and I, I have no idea where that's going to take us, but I think it's pretty exciting. And it's a, it's a great way to start it. I'm, I'm happy with our funding level. I'm happy that we've uh, kind of kicked it off. I'm really interested to see uh, what the next one does and, and if it can just steadily grow. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome. Uh, so Picks and Intrigue has got 13 days left to go as of this uh, recording. Um, you can get uh, a tier with all the huge hex tiles, uh, painted or unpainted, or you can go in uh, for the book, um, and there's retail tiers and digital tiers and all that stuff as well. Um, we're trying something different, too, with this one. Uh, we've got the high five tier Um there's been some Kickstarters in the past that we've we've looked at and thought was cool, where basically folks can pledge to, uh, you know, pay a little extra to make the cost of the book uh, more manageable for people who are lower on funds. So if you're that sort of person who maybe has the extra cash and wants to help somebody else get this book at a at a better rate, um, there's a way for you to do that. So that's awesome. I love that. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this uh, crowdfunding corner. Not not that we uh, <laughs> we we definitely uh, covered quite a few corners in this uh, yes. in this episode. <laughs> Every crevice possible. That's right. Just 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 know, uh, dear listener, that we we cut out about half of the ones that were on this list to begin with. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. Encourage you to head over to our Discord. Um, we've been posting some of the ones that we've been backing over there. Um, that didn't quite make it onto the show. So there's a ton of projects to back right now. You're at the end of Zine Quest. Um, and so there's a lot of cool stuff. And then uh, even outside of Zine Quest, there seems to be a lot this August um, for you to throw your money at. <clears throat> Jared, thank you so much for hanging with us for this extended episode. Hope you had a good time. Yeah, it's been great. My first time being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, well, you're welcome back anytime. I can't promise that it's going to be uh, as as long or as exciting as this one, but um, maybe those are good things. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, next episode, we've already confirmed, we're going to be talking about 1D&D, uh, specifically yes. about the rule set changes that have already been shown. We're going to talk about what we thought about them and kind of look toward the future. Um, I'll give a little tease before, before Tuesday, but... Um, and, and we'll see if you fellows get your hackles raised. But I think we can safely say at this point that uh, in 2024, we are looking at a true 5.5. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not this is not going to be 5e um, in a year and a half. It's going to be the next new thing. And that's very exciting for me. 
Mm, It'll be interesting to see it unfold. It'll be interesting to see it unfold. Yeah. This whole this whole backwards compatibility jazz that they speak of. We we shall see how backwards compatible it is. That's right. I don't think there's gonna be I don't think there's gonna be any issue. What is what is yeah, what it's going to be is will you want to? Right. All right. Well, thank you so much, folks. Uh, head on over to our Discord. Uh, continue the chat over there. Uh, and if you don't do that, I guess we'll see you Tuesday. Have a great game. Have a great game, everybody. Be kind to one another. Stay safe. See you guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time. I feel like I'm in the clubhouse with the cool kids. Thank no, you. that's 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 not the right Wait, way. <laughs> there's cool kids coming? Yeah. <laughs>